Thanks for listening to Rams Uncensored. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please don't forget to rate and subscribe. Leave a few comments. You can do that easily through the Apple iTunes podcast or also by subscribing through podcasts.com just by searching Rams Uncensored. You can also follow me on Twitter at It's Matt in LA where I post these podcasts among other podcasts that I do. Now let's get to the show. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening into this third episode of Rams Uncensored. Of course, I'm your host, Matthew Herrera, alongside Brian Juano. And we have a new guest this week, Tommy Avance. Say hello, Tommy. How you doing, man? Hey, man. Thanks for having me this week, gentlemen. We were kind of talking about topics before we jumped on and officiating, right? That's been the topic all freaking week. So, or it's only Monday. It's only Monday. It feels it feels so long already just because there's been so much talk about it on Twitter. I kind of don't want to talk about it because there's just been so much garbage about it and it's just a mess and I don't know. It's just well, well you want to talk about it, right? Brian, you want to you you have any words to say? I mean, we all know that there was a horrible non-call, maybe worst one of the worst. Yeah. At the worst time, definitely, but like we've we've all all been saying on Twitter to all these ignorant ass Saints fans that there were missed calls on the Rams side the drive before that would have set them up for a different outcome as well on their side of the field. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of jibber jabber going back and forth. What are your thoughts? Go ahead, Brian. You know, I, I'll keep it quick on that point. I mean, it was just a really bad officiating, like just the whole game. The, the officials were really bad, um, which I think led to a really even playing field for both teams if you think about it because they were consistently bad they just let the players play um something that i actually wanted to bring up that i just thought was really bad and i i don't know if what can be done about it but the whistles being blown every time the rams were on offense i mean i i, I kept waiting for a play to be blown dead because i kept hearing whistles what were you guys' thoughts well, not just the whistles, but they had metal cowbells and cans full of change at the games. I want to know how those cans were allowed in the building. I mean, we're at the Coliseum every home game, and those security guards will take your flag, your cotton flag away from you that you, they won't let you bring in the game. So if you can't bring a cotton flag into a game, how can they bring metal? You know, I just think it's a little shady. I'm with you, 100%, man. It was just, not not only is it loud, but you're bringing in artificial noisemakers. I mean, the, the whistles, exactly. that's, like I saw uh, NFL reporters saying that that was illegal. That is against of rules, but I mean, I'm not sure what can be done to stop that type of thing because obviously Saints staff, people who are attending that game security, they probably weren't even thinking about, you know, taking that away because they're definitely, most likely, New Orleans Saints fans, right? So they're not going to do anything. They're going to take any edge they can get, even though they're working the game or whatnot. But, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's just sad. You can talk about that defensive pa- pass interference that wasn't called. I had a friend, you know, just saying I was disingenuous and he has no respect for me as a fan because I was kind of dismissing it. And I'm, I mean, I'm not dismissing it. I accept that was a horrible call. But the fact of the matter is the Saints were up 13 to zero in the first quarter they could have been up 21 to zero shoot they should have been up 
close to 21 to zero, if not up 14 or 17 to zero, because that first drive, what they called the timeout um, on the third and seven, which I was like, oh, that's a horrible timeout. They didn't need to take that. Well, obviously the time was running out and they kind of did, but if they would have got to the ball faster, called their play, they could have got that first down. And but and the Rams, they weren't able to stop them on that first drive on third on third down until they got to within the red zone. You saw that Rams D tighten up. They made hu- two huge stops on those first two drives defensively that changed, that really kept the Rams in the game. Matt, you like to talk a lot, don't you? Uh, I I just go on and on and on and on. <laughs> You, you 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 go back and you listen to this and you're like, man, I sound good. You start touching yourself. No, nah. I, I go back and listen to it and say, I, I need to shut the fuck up. I sound like shit. <laughs> I, I just have too many thoughts coming out. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, Matt, let's give uh, credit where credit is due. The defense in the playoffs turned it on. Um, I watched every snap of every game this year, and what I did see is I saw players like veterans and Dominican soup, put it on cruise control all season, right? All season. Right. You see a different guy, a guy who's trying to prevent injuries because he wants to win a Super Bowl and he wants to be on the field when he does it, right? The only way to do that is to stay healthy. So you just watch him stay out of the fray all year, not dive into piles, not get too caught up, get his legs caught up, stuff like that. I noticed that a lot from him. In the playoffs, I saw Dominican soup from the Detroit Lions. And that's what we're continuing to see. We're seeing guys turning it on when it matters because they're the ones they brought in to help get this championship. Absolutely, man. And Dominican Sue has been a beast. Uh, so much for our horrible run defense. Gave up 48 yards to that duo yesterday. And what, only about 70 to Zeke the week before, man. The freaking defense is coming no, to play now that's playoff. only got 47. You gave him a little too much credit. No, no, no. I'm just talking about total for the game, though. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, bad. The, the yeah. Rams' run defense in the regular season was dead last in the NFL. In the playoffs, number one. Yep. So what does that tell you? Stop staring at stats all season long. Worry about the games that matter once you get to the tournament. When the playoffs come, defenses just show up. It's been a different thing, different, just a different atmosphere, really. Well, that's how it should be. Last year they didn't show up. They they there was a different intensity last year that they didn't know when they got to that game, and they needed to lose to the Falcons to come out this year to come out and dominate games the way they have. I wouldn't say yesterday it was dominant, but defensively it was dominant. The numbers got cut in half from the Week Nine matchup. All of them oh, cut in right. Mike Thomas, he he was basically a non-factor. Camaro had a few big plays late in the in the late in the game in the flats. I remember they were moving the ball consistently with Breeze throwing it to him, and even in the beginning that first drive, that was a that they moved down the field quickly. The Saints did, um, and Camaro was a big factor in that. I remember Jonathan Franklin Myers was covering him on one play, and there was another play we had Corey Littleton playing covering him. That's a matchup as a Saints offensive caller. You know, Sean Payton, that's something he wanted to exploit. And he really kind of went away from that. It was going well, and you would see him go away from it just automatically. Well, you, know, you, know why, you know why he went away from it, right? There, there was a point in the game where the Rams made an adjustment, and Sue started chipping at Kamara when he came out of the backfield. And he didn't want to take those hits from him anymore, and it threw him off his route. So they, they had to go different. That That's kind of what happened towards the end there. I saw it too. 
Like he was really putting it on him. Like if you're going to run out of the backfield, you got to get through me first. And uh, yeah, he wasn't liking that too much. Yeah, that slowed him down big time. And hey, I give credit to uh, Sean Payton. He held a he, he actually called a hell of a game besides, you know, a couple questionable calls there at the end. He put us in bad situations. I mean, that NRC that, uh, you know, didn't get flagged. He put Tommy Lee Lewis in a great position to catch that ball. It just, hey, shit happens. Exactly. It's football. Dude, if, if, if the, I played in the secondary for 11 years, and every time I see a corner not look at the receiver's eyes and not turn around and pick that ball off, it drives me nuts. If you would have just turned around, you would have just intercepted it, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Absolutely. He would have at least it's batted it down, right? Well, it was, it was a horrible. It was a horrible pass by Breeze. It was way behind him. Yeah, it was. It was garbage. That pass would have went right to our corner if he would have just yeah. turned around. It hit him right in the damn, right in the gut. <laughs> or, or if anything else, if long, you know, before he hits him, put your hands up. Just knock the ball down. You know the ball's coming. Put your hands up. Right. You have, you're as, as a corner or a safety. You're in the best position to make a judgment call by using your eyes to see where their eyes are going. Yeah. That's that's exactly what you do when you're downfield. When you see a receiver or tight end's head whip around and their eyes get real big, the ball's right there. Turn around and go get it, man. Yep. Uh, it's ridiculous. At, at this level that they still get so nervous as a human being that they got this far that they still make those – BS Pop Warner mistakes, man. It's unbelievable. Right, he was just worried about getting beat. He knew he was beat, so he though he did the only thing he knew to stop the he, play at all. Totally. Well, the the problem is, is he thought he was beat. He wasn't. He had the better angle on that throw. He thought he was beat because he didn't know where the ball was going to go. Right, right. But he had that. He had enough distance between Breeze and. The, the amount of yardage it was going to take to get the ball to the receiver to close. He had it. it. He he just, he thought he was beat. He wasn't. I feel like we could say the same thing about, I remember when they were, when the saints were going attacking the opposite end zone and the ball was deflected by NRC's helmet. I mean, he thought he got beat again, but because it was just a bad placement throw by Drew Brees, something you really don't see that often. It hit his helmet. I mean, if he would have turned around, it would have hit him in the face mask and he would have caught it through through the hole in his face mask, essentially, right? Yeah, and another one he dropped. I uh, was just um, – they're replaying the game again, and he dropped an interception right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, Roby hit him right in the hands. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's – I mean, I, I, I rewatched it again last night and I took all the non-calls for both teams. Uh, the Saints had about seven and we had 13. So we can sit here all day and play the blame game on the refs. They did a crappier job against us than they did them, and that's the bottom line. And I, every time they, there was a no call when I was watching the game with my wife, I just looked over here and shook my head, and she's like, that was a penalty, I'm all. Yeah, but they didn't see it, so it is what it is. Right. You know, move on. Absolutely. I wasn't flipping out at the TV and, oh, my God, I can't believe they did. I've been watching football my 34 years, and I played it for 11 you don't think I know this is going to happen? It happens all the time. It happened when I played. It happens when I watched it. It doesn't surprise me anymore, and I don't let it get me riled up, dude. Something, I just don't because you can't. Right, right. Something I saw a lot going around on Twitter and I, I experienced myself was when you're taught 
whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever sport you're playing, you never want to leave the game in the ref's hands. You always want to be the better team. You want to execute better. You want to make more plays than the other team because if the team that makes the more plays is the team that comes out on top. You want to be able to – the better team overcomes those mistakes. You sound like freaking uh, John Madden, man. The better team will win the game. <laughs> the team that makes the most plays the the better pl- more plays wins the team yeah. that scores the most points that's damn right <laughs> pat summerall john madden 101 right there um, <laughs> all right okay, but really though, guys what about the freaking stones that mcveigh had on that fake punt and the 57 yard field goal at the end like those are Gutsy calls. They are, and they were fantastic. And for the fact that he didn't go for it for fourth and one and went for the tying field goal showed me he was ready for to coach playoff football, you know, because he knew he yeah. was playing against a better opponent than the Cowboys. Um, I dug that. And then the, the fake, uh, it's so cool that they still do that, even though, because we kept the best thing, one of the best things he did was not change our special teams coach. And because of that, we still have a guy that's like, hey, I, I want to fake this. And Sean will be like, all right, man, you better get it. But yep. to still be doing that, and, and when I saw it, I wasn't surprised. I was just super stoked, man, because it was such a good throw. Oh, Johnny's got skills, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the Saints players, that I, I don't get it. Like, it was pretty obvious that Sam Shields just stopped, like, if it's a punt, he's flying down the field. Like, why wouldn't you have ran up to him? Like, it just boggles my mind. But, hey, I'm cool with it. On the note of the special teams and how well they played, I got I was kind of uh, building a list in my mind, and I started to write it down for the show, for the podcast. And I want to give thanks to a guy in this Rams franchise who gets a lot of crap, especially in, in, a la- in these last few years for how – he coached this team, Jeff Fisher, but I, I want to list off things I have to say that I'm thankful for Jeff Fisher for. And I don't want to get your guys' reaction to this, all right? So first off, it's got to be defense. And this is also relates to Spagnolo as well, the, the head coach before Fisher, because those two coaches created this defense that we've known to expect and see in the regular season that oftentimes in these last this last decade kept this team in games they had no business being in and winning and it's because of those defensive minds and so another thing i have to say thanks for jeff fisher is michael brockers greg the leg johnny hecker we got all those guys in the same year that was the first draft in 2012 and definitely less need has a lot to deal with deal with this as well but i remember jeff fisher specifically talking about the 2012 draft and saying he wanted to go get his guys on special teams namely a kicker and a punter these guys who are the best and he found greg the leg at some college in missouri luckily they're the st louis rams at the time too so i'm sure that scouting department helped out a lot and john fossil you know he was also brought along that's another thing i have to say thanks for as well as Aaron Donald, LaMarcus Joyner, Todd Gurley, and Jared Goff. So I just want to say, Jeff Fisher, thank you for all these guys. Even though you sucked offensively, I'm just so happy he was able to put these collection of players together. Matt, fuck Jeff Fisher. It was all less. <laughs> He's the fucking GM, man. He made the fucking calls. With less need, fuck Jeff Fisher. 
Jeff Fisher has <laughs> great defensive intellect, though. He knows defensive players. He knew to pick out Michael Brockers and LaMarcus Joyner and Aaron Donald, I feel, just as well once, as Les Snead. Once, once again, was it him or was it Les? It'll be in a book in 20 years. We'll find out. You know, I would like to see Jeff Fisher stop being so hard-headed and apply to be a general manager for a team instead of a coach because maybe he is a good personnel guy. We don't know that, right? Brian made a good point. We don't know if it was Les. We don't know if it was Jeff. We know which players Jeff influenced like to go get, like Tremaine Johnson, you know, went to the same college as his son. Fantastic corner. I love that pick. Yeah. Uh, he wanted uh, Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins was a troubled player with tons of upside, and he showed that when he was with the Rams with all those pick sixes he had. He, you know, he was he's a good corner. He likes to jump routes, but he's good. Uh, a lot of good picks that we've had over the years under uh, the Jeff Fisher regime, and more more good picks than bad, I would think. Because say if you if you have eight picks in a draft and you hit on two guys, in my opinion, that's a success. Do you guys agree? Yeah, it's hard. There's yeah. only 22 starters. I mean, how many fucking guys do you need? It's you know? hard to find guys that fit well in your system and can succeed the way we've seen. Like, even though LaMarcus Jordan made a dipshit of a play last week or, or yesterday um, <laughs> by playing the ball instead of playing the playing the playing his receiver, he, uh, you know, he's still been a great... He just needed to go up and get that ball. He just needed to go up and get that ball. He was a little, like, he was letting it come to him, right? That's what his problem was. That's why he's a DB and not a wide receiver. Yeah, Lamarcus Joyner will not be a Ram uh, next year. Just to make Absolutely. sure you guys know that already. Or he's going to be a free agent, and when you're in your free agent year, your last year, your contract, you're well, he's on a franchise tag this year, right. right? So that's even worse, right? This is supposed to be your audition, and and this is how you play. He played great in other years with us. This year, he showed that he. He doesn't have what it takes to collect a big portion of your salary cap, and I'm not willing to give it to him at all. Not when you can draft guys like like JJ. Just, I'm sorry, but John Johnson, we got him way late right. from Boston College. And look at him. Look, he's, he's Pro Bowl caliber safety, dude. We got him for nothing. He's making dirt money right now. You know. Yeah, if, if Joyner is willing to take a $4 million base salary a year, I think we could keep him, but – he can probably definitely get an offer from a team this offseason that's going to be double that easily because of his prior prior years and how well, well he's for sure. played. And you know, you know how this league is: one man's trash is another man's treasure. Someone's going to think that oh, we can we can get it out of him again. Oh, really? Okay. Well, good luck with that. You know, we'll just go draft another guy or uh, go take a swing at another free agent like Earl Thomas. Ooh, that would be nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> man that that's not even fair thomas and jj forget about it dude he is yeah, getting a little old though that's okay one or two year rental i'll take it you know kind of like with we, we, can, we got with talib yeah and sue i mean we got sue on a one-year deal you know just trying to win there's gonna be guys that they're gonna filter in every year that are older that never got a chance to either play in the playoffs and win like whitworth or some guys who never played in the playoffs. Look at Brandon Marshall, one of the great receivers in our league. Never even played in a playoff game, man. Every sure. time he went to a different team, that team failed, right? The year before, the team was good. Hey, we're going to add Brandon Marshall. We're going to go over the top. And the team doesn't even make the playoffs. 
That's horrible luck, man. Wasn't he on the Seahawks roster to start the season this year? But they let him go? Yeah, but, yeah, but they let him go. Exactly. He was on a couple he was on the Saints. Year. Yeah, he was on the Saints for a minute, too. That's what? right. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I mean, I just think that, you know, the way that we're doing things now is we're building to sustain success. And I want to be – and I hate this team more than anybody, but I want to be like – the Patriots. I don't want to change coaches every three years. Right. Anymore. I'm done with that. I want to coach, you know, I'm 40 years old. I want Sean McVay to be like coach when I'm 58, bro. Like, <laughs> that's what Absolutely. I want. I want stability like the Pittsburgh Steelers who've only had three coaches in the history of their franchise. They have six Super Bowl trophies. What does that tell you? Don't be so impatient, you know? I mean, yeah. I called the shot last episode. I said it would be, I wanted Rams, Patriots, and the Super Bowl. And for this reason, because because of the dynasty that started with the Patriots, it's so much similar. What what we see in Belichick and Brady and those two minds and how how well they work together. It's it's I see similarities between Goff and McVeigh. And if they can get this thing to work, if Goff can be the the great thrower, efficient thrower that he's been these last two years and consistently be that good, then this team's gonna do damage. I mean. Last week against the Cowboys, he wasn't super amazing. We relied heavily on the run game. And Tom Brady, early in his years, it was based off the run game and that defense. And now we see, you know, even though he had an amazing second half and or three quarters, the last, the yeah, second, third, and fourth quarter against the Saints, he was amazing. He had like, what was it, uh, 111 QB passer rating. So he can do the job. That that QBs back in the day when Tom Brady, you know, took his team and won the Super Bowl, he wasn't throwing for 220 yards, close over 300 yards a game, averaging that, throwing for a lot of touchdowns. So, I just feel like this is going to be something special. We're on the on the cusp of. Well, yeah, no, Goff is much better in year three than Brady was in year three. Let's let's be honest. Um, I agree. He's he's got a lot of upside. You know, he's only going to get better as long as this offense has some sort of stability. I mean, I don't like that we're losing coaches every single year. Like, it's not nice that we're losing our QB coach, you know, when the season's over. But, you know, he's got McVay, and McVay is the one making it all happen. So that's the stability you need. Yeah, as long as we're not losing a McVay or, like, a major coordinator like Wade or – you know, John, I'm okay with it. The Q, I mean, we don't really know how much these quarterback coaches have impacted golf. I mean, it could all be, you know, it could all be Sean because look at uh, Bill Belichick. Everyone cherry picked him for 18 years. All these coaches, you know, Charlie Weiss and and Romeo Cornell. Right. And the list goes on. Go all over the league and they don't do a damn thing. You know why? Because they're not Bill Belichick. They're just somebody who worked for him, right? And I'm yep. totally okay if this dynasty begins off of what people say is an undeserving trip to the Super Bowl, just like it happened for the Patriots in 2001 against the Raiders with the tuck rule. Their dynasty started with some questionable things going on officiating-wise, and if that happens with the Rams and they go on to rule the NFL for the next 18, 20 years, I'll be totally okay with that. I'll, I I'll love being the title town of, of football. I'm fine with that, too. Absolutely. 
They did. I mean, let's be honest. That Super Bowl should have been Rams Raiders. Oh yeah, it should have. It's that's what I was hoping for. That's I was watching that game. I was cheering the Raiders on. I wanted to see that so bad, and they robbed me of that, man. That would have been such good television, you know. Yep. Nobody wanted to watch the Patriots. Nobody even knew who they were back then. That was back then when organizations like the New England. Patriots were the laughing stock of the league, like the Cleveland Browns of the worlds and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the worlds. Historically bad. Nobody cares, right? All of a sudden, you know, 18 years go by and, and you got the biggest bandwagon fan base in the history of sports, you know, all over the world. It's embarrassing, man. Yep. There's no such thing as a Patriots fan before that. Mark Lujan no, joins the, the show. Just, just like those <laughs> dudes that ate top ramen with bologna in it that lived in Dorchester, Massachusetts. That was about it. Other than that, <laughs> there was no Patriots fans. Come on, man. Just the local kids, which is fair enough. You know. I, I mean, I, I've talked to my dad about the whole LA move back when they went to St. Louis in '94, and I went back and did my own research too, reading up about what teams were possibly had the possibility of moving to St. Louis because St. Louis was like, okay, we're going to build this no matter what the stadium that can house a football team. And like my dad and, and before the crafts took control of the team, they, this team was looking at relocating as well. And St. Louis was the option. I mean, just look at the seats. The seats were red. This is a big thing that my dad always would bring up is why would the Rams be moving to a stadium and be like, yeah, the seats, the red seats are cool. I mean, we got that at the Coliseum, but that's just been uniform with the Coliseum, and we're just visitors there for USC. But you know, a team like we go to, you go to Atlanta, the, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Those seats fit the stadium and fit the Falcons. That stadium fit what the Patriots had color-wise, and it seemed like they were going to be the team to go. But Georgia Frontier just got her hand in the pie she wanted the money she saw the money st louis was willing to build her a stadium and she was like yeah thank you la won't you guys will okay i'm not willing to put up the money myself but you know what stan kronke righted that wrong 20 years later right and he's willing to put up his own money billions of dollars to put a beautiful palace up in inglewood for us actually i'll give you how it really went down briefly i won't drag it on but the patriots were supposed to move to st louis and they were getting ready to leave, and the owner of Gillette Stadium, Robert Kraft, bought the team and kept them there. Once that happened, St. Louis panicked because they also lost out on the expansion, right? right? So they lost twice. They lost out on the expansion. We built a stadium without locking in the team. We're morons. Let's go get the Patriots. They were getting ready to move. Robert Kraft jumped in, bought him, kept him home. He was the hometown hero. And then once that happened, St. Louis called Georgia and greased the wheels. It wasn't her. They greased her over there. It just made it easy for her because she that's her hometown. But, yeah, it was a panic attack, dude. It was embarrassing for the whole city, man. What a joke. I know you haven't said much, Mark, and you just joined. We were talking about, like we talked about officiating. You got, you got anything you want to get out? The officiating in the Saints game? Yeah. Oh, it was garbage. All the way through, both sides. There was both nothing sides. pretty about that. That was a complete and just it's just a joke. But there's no other way to put it. I've had so many people at work 
come up to me today and tell me, oh, man, you guys got lucky. You guys shouldn't even be there. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're doing exactly what the sports media is doing. You're going off the, the, the latest call in the game because it was the most recent bad call to happen. You didn't, you, you didn't, you failed to mention that there was a face mask on Goff that would have put us at the one yard line, just like the, just like the sports media. It, it, it's just the, the other fans of other teams are just hating. Like, it's just incredible. Like this, like they're so blind to the fact that there were so many other bad calls during the, the rest of the game. When did that call happen? The last was it two minutes? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually. Minutes. It's at that point right now. It's on NFL Network, and there's. It's in the fourth quarter with one minute and 29 seconds left to go, and I'm watching them after that play call horrible pass plays and keep the clock stopped because they're dropping the ball. So good job, Sean Payton, on a clock management there. Oh yeah, Colin uh, Coward called him out on it earlier too. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh yeah. He got that was the first time I've ever been in agreement with that guy all year. Yeah, it's rare, right? <laughs> when the playoffs start started, he was he hopped off that Rams wagon real quick though. He said they pe- we peaked way too early. This team peaked way too early. Man, yeah. boy was he wrong. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this about Sean McVay, but most coaches uh, over generations of, of coaching in the NFL tend to filter the noise out to their players tell them don't watch tv stay off social media blah blah, blah. sean mcveigh's the opposite he takes him in the conference room and he puts the tv on and he points it out and says you hear this you hear what they're saying about us that's how he motivates his players i kind of dig that oh yeah oh, yeah new age new age yeah exactly. it definitely goes against piss the off. grain piss them off piss your players off and this is what happens they go knocking people out. <laughs> hey, I, I tell you what, I bet that gumbo tasted good. Oh, you damn right. Even yeah, if what you about don't like your, your newborn daughter, Brian? What about your newborn daughter? Oh, yeah, my newborn daughter. I just found out I had a kid today from <laughs> on Twitter. It was awesome. Mr. Eight Followers? Oh, uh, no, a different one. It wasn't. Oh, yeah, that was a different one. But that guy had nine, just to correct oh, you. Oh, let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the fact that we have zero competition on Twitter. No matter what fan base we go up against, the Ram fans have this ability collectively, a lot of us do, to eviscerate anyone who comes at us with witty banter. And the stuff we get back, man, I just... I can't even, I just look at my phone and I'm like, is this really happening right now? Like, there's no competition anywhere. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, I had Saints fans all in my mentions all week about all the gifts I was doing out there. I mean, and I would try to, you know, just engage in some banner with them and they'd just go silent. They, they did not want to have any of it. Did you guys see the eight follower guy from Louisiana when I crushed him with the, oh, your IQ must be low because <laughs> dog jizz and alligator boners? Like, dude, that takes hard work to be that good, right? And I, and I didn't, like, write that down. I typed it as I was going, bro. I'm like, and he came back with some garbage. I'm like, is he, is this really happening right now? He yeah, he was just <laughs> quoting, retweeting and everything. Yeah, and he would quote it so he wouldn't be on the same feed. I was like, 
So you'd have to go out and look at what he replied to. I'm like, oh my God, this guy doesn't know how to use Twitter. He's driving me nuts. Like he was trying to show his eight followers that he was throwing down with us or something. And I'm like, I hope no, your eight followers aren't looking because you're getting annihilated, bro. I tried to get Russ to join us last minute here, but he's ghosting. Yeah, I, I, uh, I sent him a message like 20 minutes before the first one. and Ghost. Nothing. Nada. Russ is high as fuck. <laughs> oh man. Nah, Russ, Russ, Russ is great at being a clout chaser. We'll get him in here soon enough. I'm gonna do some dishes while I'm talking. I got <laughs> That's gonna be great sound quality. Hey Brian, Russ is too busy looking at his impressions. <laughs> He's gonna have to come on here and address this. You guys are terrible just crushing them on here with no defense, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I swear, I'll, I'll, I'll get busy at work, and then next thing you know, I'm looking at my mentions, and it's just nothing but rush shit talking to me, and I'm like, what the fuck? I missed all of this. And, then, you know, <laughs> it, it's hard to come back after that because you've just been gone for so long, and it's like, well, this is already marinated with everybody for a little while, so what do I really say? Just waving the right, waving the white flag. <laughs> he has impeccable timing with that. Yeah, you're um, like fucking Joe Dirt, bro. <laughs> Joe Dirte, don't church Dirte. it up. <laughs> Did you see when they were running out on the field after the game? Sean McVay was just so excited, and then right before he was about to meet up with the Saints players and coaches, he was just like all business, just completely <laughs> just changes well, they grabbed his him demeanor. And straightened him out. They grabbed him and straightened <laughs> him out. Straight, hey, you saw that him was so great. Millisecond, bro. It was the oh, great, yeah, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. The fight. <laughs> yeah, and, and and let's let's be honest. You said you know the way he carries him. You like the way he carries himself, and, and I agree one hundred percent, man. He's a classy guy. But I'm gonna tell you right now, off camera, he he is rough and tumble. You see him on the sidelines when he's coaching in the games and we score touchdowns, and he's dropping f bombs left and right and going nuts. You know when the when the cameras are off and the doors are closed, he's telling his players what time it really is. And then when he walks out those doors, he's Sean McVay with the collar pops. I don't you know, know if you guys saw the press conference earlier today, uh, but I checked it out and. They asked him about the the thing that's been going viral a little bit today with the strength and conditioning coach grabbing him and pulling him out of the way. Ted Rath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, it was awesome. Get that guy. And they asked him about it, and he was just saying, like, you know, yeah, he has emotion. Like, sometimes he's like, they didn't show the times where McVeigh was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, like he's pissed, but he realizes what he's doing is really crucial mm-hmm. because that's a huge personal foul if he ever does – just be is obstructing a ref and a ref falls down because of him and and Ted, Ted Ruff, he just came upon this job all upon himself he was like I know what I can do to help out this team to win games and that's to keep Sean McVay out of the path of the refs you have to yeah I coach um youth football 10 and 10 year old I'm a head coach and I always have to stay out of their lane or I'm gonna get a flag so I know exactly I know exactly what he's dealing with dude you gotta stay out of their way but when the heat of the moment you're not paying attention to that ref's line that it's it's his line you gotta stay off of it are we happy we're gonna get get a chance at revenge against the patriots guys are we happy about that absolutely man i mean it's a good story <laughs> the evil empire 
Let's take it down. <clears throat> I hadn't seen one NFL network or ESPN run with that today at all. I know it's coming, but nobody ran with that at all today. It's on, coming, man. It's a better story. Yeah, 24-hour rule, man. Everybody's going to bitch about the, the, the missed penalties for 24 hours. Then everybody's going to get back to reality that, hey, there's a game going to be played, and they're going to you know, look and go, oh, wow, this game happened 18 years ago, and it's the replay of it. And it, this is truly – it feels like it's the greatest show on Turf 2.0, right? Don't you guys feel that way? It's – it's. I mean – yeah, it we our offense is fantastic. We're our numbers are right on par with theirs, but I'm uh I'm just excited to be able to watch Aaron Donald and Adamican to crush the interior of that line because the Patriots offensive line is not as good as the Saints. It's not. True. Absolutely true. Do you think I mean, Donald's gonna have himself a game? I think so, because Tom Brady's a statue too. He ain't running away from nobody, dude. Absolutely. I can't wait yeah. to watch him crush him. He might get knocked out of the game. I mean, unless he – because he's – you know exactly what him and Bill are going to do because this is what they do. They they game plan to each opponent. They're going to throw little three-yard um, passes horizontally and little dump-offs to protect Tom from getting whacked. But I'm telling you, sometimes it only takes Aaron Donald, uh, you know, 1.5 seconds to be in the backfield and in your face. You see it. Yesterday, you see almost every single game, there's at least one play where the where the running back gets the ball and he goes to sleep instantly. Death by paper cuts. That's the Patriot one, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, and I know it's coming and it's going to drive me nuts because that ball is going to come out so fast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They should just play man press and get them safeties down and just don't let the receivers go anywhere and problem solved. You know, just keep them on the line. What If you go back... This is what all of us should do this week. Go back and watch the Super Bowl where the Patriots beat the Rams and watch how hard those receivers got jammed the whole game and the safeties were knocking Isaac and Torrey's heads off every chance they got. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they did, you know, film our practice and knew what was coming. <laughs> but, hey, they executed it, right? Right. And But actually, there was a, a different fact to that, but there actually wasn't the such thing as a uh, defensive holding call back then either. So it was either pass interference or it was nothing. So they were getting away with grabbing way down the field during that game too. Yep, you're absolutely right. Hopefully 2021 Rams could be the possibly the first team to host and be in the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going to kind of punch my ticket early for that one. We, yeah, I'm we, there, dude. We live here. We kind of have to, right? 1979, Rams played in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I was one. <laughs> <laughs> I was two. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sorry, guys, I had to step away for a bit. Because they weren't alive yet. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, there? I wasn't. I wasn't Matt, yeah. Matt, Matt was a distant thought somewhere in his dad's nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> that is accurate. Oh, this is accurate. Oh, dude, they just did the interception right now, and he's doing the dirt bike dance. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh my God, so awesome. Oh, when he did the dirt bike wheelie, I was like, oh, that's legit. I died. <laughs> I was is jumping legit. up and down. With... It was nuts. I'm sore as hell right now from was, jumping was... up and down, tossing my kid around all over the place. It was, yeah. I, I was screaming and I had dogs running from me thinking that I was about to murder them. <laughs> Your dogs freaked out. You th they thought you turned on them. Oh, yeah. 
my wife my wife was just trying trying to have a nice family conversation visiting family and i was just like yelling and she was yelling at me telling me to shut the fuck up she was like stop doing that (laughs) so i when when that when that interception happened i had to run outside and yell and then when they kicked that field goal, I ran outside and yelled as well, we're going to the Super Bowl. It's just, oh, man, I was so elated. Hey, Matt. Matt. Mark. Hey, hold on. Hey, Anthony, say hi to the guys. Hi. Whose house? Hey, Rams house. Yeah, what's up, Anthony? <laughs> Rams house. That's awesome. Tell Anthony I love his artwork and the way how he predicted the Rams would win. Yeah, a little Minecraft action there. Yeah. He's just like, Daddy, come look. And I went in the room, and I'm like, oh, all right, calling it already. I like it. Well, also tell Anthony that I have his Jim Everett signed uh, card for him. Uh, I'll be in the mail sometime this week. I did. Uh, Sweet. Nice. Yeah, he's That's excited. Awesome. Not that he knows who Jim Everett is, but, you know. As soon as I got home from work today, he's like, you guys are happy that the Rams are in the Super Bowl? Hell yeah, son. <laughs> right? <laughs> you're like you want to say something like smart but you you realize when it comes out of your mouth you're like oh i'm talking to my little son you're like there's a yeah. bear shit in the woods rust just messaged me tell him it's too late <laughs> <laughs> busy busy it's hard being twitter famous man right yeah it's checking hard. out all them impressions <laughs> hey, hey, don't forget, Tommy made it over a thousand followers this week. I did, man. Yeah. Thanks to you guys. I needed 27 and I ended up getting almost 200 more just in insane. You know, You're probably past me now. It was awesome. I was, I was stoked. I was, you know, we've been on, a lot of us have been on Twitter for a long time. So I, I kind of made that joke mark that the 1K followers. If you're under that, you're a rookie, no matter how long you've been on. <laughs> and I've been on for seven years now. So, and I never, I think in the beginning, I never, I was just in the background reading stuff like a creep. I never, at first, I just didn't dive in. I didn't know enough Ram fans, you know, at that time. But uh, slowly but surely, you know, I built That's me right now. Today. I was the same way. And Matt's going to be a rookie forever because he's never hitting a thousand. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm go- growing it organically. All right. I don't need to go ask for shit, even though I'm the first one to cut up that, that chopper, that chopper uh, celebration and say, we're going to the Super Bowl like that. And Russ go ahead and takes it and talking about going to this work, whatever. All right. Clout chasing, <laughs> clout chaser. That's Russ oh, right there. The clout chaser. That's oh. hilarious. Yeah, no, I didn't hit 1K until about maybe two months ago. So, but I never really tried to to gain all these other followers. I was kind of with, I mean, I wrote for for TST for a little bit, and I had you know that whole group follow me, and it kind of just stayed that way for a long time until I, I just started doing these gifts and everybody started digging them. So, it's it's, it's pretty recent. Brian goes 100 all the time. He knows no other way. He does. The first time I started seeing his tweets, I was like, oh, my Lord, he is a savage beyond savagery, dude. Like, you go to you go to another level, Brian. Like, I got to give it to you. <laughs> and he, go, he comes at you with these cryptic ass gifts and just <laughs> 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 I die. I actually, swear. 
when he's actually hitting them 140 characters though he's hitting below the belt man he's swinging. yeah it's it's rough i because I, I didn't know brian i would just read his tweets and then i joined the fantasy football league with angel and i see your name in there i was like oh shit brian's in here that's awesome you know, and I think that's where we started to get to know each other, and then you started coming to the tailgates. Freaking awesome! Yeah, I, I beat off in church week one. You sure did. <laughs> Greatest fantasy football team name of all time, man. I thought long and hard for that one, dude. Everyone's and like, Brown, why, don't, "Why don't you change it?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me? To what?" <laughs> like, it's too good every year to just talk trash with it. Yo. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us today on this episode of Rams Uncensored. Once again, you can follow along and subscribe at the iTunes podcast. Please rate, leave some comments. Shout us out on Twitter. Let us know what you think you're here on Twitter. Go Rams. We're in the Super Bowl, baby. People like to just hear people fucking talk shit. <laughs>